Hi, and welcome to the B-Nix Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Nix. Today, we're going to be talking nothing but New York, New York, New York sports. Here with my man, Anthony Russian, reporter for NY Sports Day. What's up, Anthony? Yeah, man. What's good? You can't complain. The usual. The usual. Glad to be here. Always a pleasure, my brother. Always a pleasure. Yes, thank you for being here. Uh, well, being a part of this. You're not actually here. You're on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. No, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, today we have a, a interesting day because today is game one of the ALDS between the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. This is the first time they'll be playing each other since 2004. And if anybody who remembers not only that series but the year before, in 2003, should be prepared for a very interesting battle. Um do you have any like fond memories or any good flashbacks of that of these two in the playoffs? Uh, any any time you get these two teams together, it's, you know something crazy is going to happen. You just you don't you don't know what you don't know when you know which ballpark is going to happen. And um, memories, um, definitely Aaron Boone's home run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I remember because I was struggling to stay up late to watch it. <laughs> you, I, my mother, oh. I was in high school, so my mother at a certain point was looking at me like, bro, when are you going to bed? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to bed in uh, 10 minutes. And then my mom was just like fighting me, and it just got to the point where I was like, all right, I'll go to sleep. And then yeah, right yeah. when I went to sleep, Aaron Boone hit the home run, and that was yeah, it. He, he did me a huge favor because mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was going to make it another inning. Watching that, mm-hmm. watching how long that was going on, but um, yeah, that and that was his one big moment, you know, as a Yankee, you know, and, as a ball player with the Yankees. Um, so that one stands out for me the most, and you know, then of course you think about the, the Pedro Martinez, you know, you know, the who's your daddy, and you know, the whole whole thing with that. Um, I think back, I cannot remember what year it was. Maybe it was '03. Um, when Red Sox manager Grady Little left Pedro in like two batters too long. <laughs> oh, that was O three. That was O three. You know, and then that was he probably game. Se- that was game seven. That was yeah. Yeah. He left yeah, him in there for too long. Left him in there too long, and then the Yankees got him back. Um, so I I remember how loud Yankee Stadium was watching that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's it'll be fun. It's always fun watching these watching these two teams play. There's, you know, the the names are different, but you know, the rivalry is still the same. You know, one of my favorite memories of this rivalry was when Pedro Martinez threw down Zimmerman. It was Don Zimmerman? Yeah, I think it was yeah, Don Zimmerman. Don yeah, Zimmer. Don, Don Zimmer. Zimmer. Sorry, I always say Zimmerman. It's Don Zimmer. Yeah. I, um, I, thought, of, I thought about that, too. That's, yeah, that's a good one. I, I remember watching that game. It was like a Saturday afternoon. I didn't really have much to do. I think I, I came back from getting a haircut, turned on the TV, and maybe, what, like 10 minutes into the game, a fight breaks out, and I'm like, oh, snap. Yeah fight going on and then this old man charges at Pedro Martinez and I'm like what is this old man doing like what's wrong with him and then people were looking at Pedro like he was a crazy dude for throwing this old man down but I'm like bruh like old man charges at me like that you you might have to go down too <laughs> yeah yeah I, I I was ready to jump through my TV too I can't even lie and I actually like I was one of the I like Pedro Martinez. Yeah, um, me too. But, I, I do. But, yeah, you know, it's a good point that you make. You know, some random dude come jumping at you and leaping out at you. Yeah, you're going to get defensive. But he did fling him. He did, he did fling him. What, 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 what do you want Pedro to do? Just stand there and get mauled by old man? Like, come on. He did fling him kind of hard. That was, that was a good one. I forgot about that one. Well, I didn't, you know, I was thinking about it. But, you know, I was like, like I said, there's so many different Memories you could turn to, like even the Jason Veritek 
um, Alex Rodriguez. Oh like, yeah, you that. know that's 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 another one. You 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 know so you know it's just always something going on with these two teams and. Like I said, the, the names have changed, but everyone who puts on the Yankee pinstripes and anyone who goes to play for Boston, I think that's one of the first things they tell them when they sign with them. Like, look, Boston is the enemy. <laughs> we do not like them. And they say the same thing about the Yankees. So, you know, like McCutcheon, is, he came into this late. He probably got the talk already. Like, look, you know. We going up there to face the enemy, man. It's, it's war, <laughs> you know, going in. You know, so I'm I'm looking forward to just that first pitch and how loud it's probably going to be in the ballpark. You know, seeing them come in and you know, I I think it's going to be a real good series. Yeah, I think it's going all the way to five. Uh, it's amazing though. Uh, let me go back to 2004. It's amazing how ever since the Red Sox came back and beat the Yankees, everything has changed. It doesn't feel like the Yankees are the evil empire anymore. The Red Sox have won three World Series since, and the Yankees have only won one. It is right. amazing how things have changed in the past 14 years. It, it really has. But the rivalry is still the same. Mm. And even though the names have changed and the faces change, the intensity is still there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've covered this team, the Yankees, all year, all year round. Mm-hmm. What are their strengths going into this series? Um, you know, they are they're, they're, they're built on the home run. You know, which is anyone that's watched the Yankee games over the last decade or so know that that's what that's what they do. They hit home runs. Um, they don't call the Bronx Bombers for nothing. Exactly. You you know they they come out and they hit home runs. Um, so that's they have to do that in order to win ball games. Um, uh, that's their, their that's their bread and butter right there. That big hit. Um, and they got those big boppers in a lineup. That's what they're there for. Now. What they've gotten gone back to lately, and I've noticed it, and I've even made reference to it a couple of times, especially when they got McCutcheon, um, was the ability to get on base. You know, whether they're taking walks, taking pitches, they're going to take a lot of pitches. Um, McCutcheon is good at that at the top of the lineup. We all know Gardy, Brett Gardner, he's, he's a master at that as well. But you're seeing it kind of trickle down with the rest of the lineup now. They're starting to get it, too. Like, the more pitches they see, the more pitches they take, either you're going to get on base or you're going to get that one right down the plate and they're going to put it in the seats. That's what they do. Um, and that's what Boston's going to have to look out for, um, especially with that if the Yankees get into that bullpen. Well, that bullpen is just horrendous. Mm. Um, so – that would be the one main thing I would think to look out for in this series. You know, how quick can the Yankees get to their starters, get them out of there, and get to that bullpen? Because if they get to that bullpen, I think it's lights out. Mm. What scares you about the Red Sox? Uh, they are so evenly spread out on offense. Like they can give you the home run. Or they can just extra base hit you to death. <laughs> you know, they just need a double hit, a single hit, a triple there. You know, with the Yankees, you know, the home run is what they, they thrive on. Boston can spread you out. They can they can play small ball with you, or they can just hit you out. They can play home run derby with you if, they, if you want to. Um, I think what you just, their offense, their lineup is so well stacked. It's, it's well balanced. Um, and that would concern me if I'm the Yankees. Um, but I have more concerns with Boston than I have. I have more cons with Boston than I have pros. Like I'm worried about, I would be worried about their pitching. 
I'd be worried about their their bullpen. Um, if I'm a Boston fan, looking at Boston, I'm, I'm looking at from their side of it. You know, you get past Chris Sale, you never know what you're going to get with David Price. You know, he's he's either great or he's horrible, especially against the Yankees. So Chris Sale worries me. You know, if 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 I'm the, if I'm the Yankees, you know, if he sets the right tone for Boston tonight, I believe he's the game one starter for them. That could be that's real good for the Red Sox. But if he comes out and is, and he bombs and he doesn't do good tonight, that's putting a lot of pressure on Price. And I wouldn't put I you know I just if that's not someone I would want to put in that situation where you, you need a win and it's against the Yankees. I wouldn't want Price in that spot. Mm. Now, with that being said, who do you have in this series? I got the Yankees in five. I'm mm. hoping that it is a competitive series. I want it to be. I want it to go five. It will not surprise me if the Yankees sweep them. I have the Red Sox in five, and the reasons why is because I think the Red Sox Red Sox hitting lineup is very versatile. Mm. I think what's going to happen is they're going to jump out to some decent leads. They're probably going to jump out to like a 4-1 lead, 5-1 lead. And I think they're going to be so far ahead in some of these games that when the bullpen comes out, it's going to be too tall of a task for them to, or too too tall of a mountain for them to climb to have to, you know, bring the Yankees back and win. Uh, I just think the Red Sox are just versatile. And like you said, very even on all sides. Their bullpen is a little... <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, their bullpen is not up to par. You know, their bullpen is not as good as the Yankees, but I think their starting rotation will hold up. The one dude that kind of scares me a little bit and not scares me in terms of like it's going to put fear in the Yankees and destroy them, but scares me in the sense of he may be underwhelming in the playoffs is David Price. Right. Hasn't showed me the best of his abilities with the Red Sox these past like two years. Uh-huh. And you wonder, you know, and he's, you know, he's played against the Yankees before, you know, on other teams. But in this environment, on this level, you wonder what a guy like that who, when the Red Sox signed him two years ago, you wonder, uh, I'm sorry, when the Red Sox signed him two years ago, they had such high expectations. You wonder for a guy like that, you know, where has he been? And you wonder, is he going to show up during these playoffs? But aside from that, I just think the, the Red Sox, they're just a very even team all around, and it's going to be a, a tough series. Um, if this was a seven-game series, I'd actually pick the Red Sox in like five or six because I feel like mm-hmm. the longer the series goes, it doesn't benefit the Yankees. But because this is a short series, it will help the Yankees because, right. you know, like you said earlier, the bullpen comes out and can save that rotation that has been right. a little shaky this past year. Right. So, Well, I said not, not this past year, but during the year. So I got the Red Sox in five, so we'll see what happens. Really, all I just want is a fight. That's all. I just want. <laughs> I, I just want uh, Mookie to fight Didi Gorius or something like that. That's well, all I want. Yeah, well, uh, I think the the first time there's a knockdown pitch, or somebody even gets hit by a pitch, you know, it's going to be on at that point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, both Most teams going to be just look. They 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 they're, they're waiting for that. Yeah, I just want Aaron Boone to get mad and like throw his hat on somebody and just punch <laughs> somebody. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's slide over to the Knicks. Uh, oh, the God. Knicks. Oh wait, what what happened? Oh God! Oh. <laughs> you know, you know, you know me. You know I gotta hit you with the traditional. Oh God! When we're Come on, man, be a little more optimistic. You know, you know how we do. You know why? You, you know why I really appreciate you though. You know why I really appreciate you because you're not like most Knicks fans who come in with like the most ridiculous expectations. 
This and is then, our year, baby. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know that the Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs. You know the Knicks are going to be trash. But yeah. here's the difference this year. You have a fun, exciting rookie, Kevin yeah. Knox. Yeah. What do you expect from him this year? I expect him to have a very good year. Um, I, I think he's confident. I love his confidence. Um, I don't think it's arrogance. I think he's just a confident dude. Um, I'm watching his game more and more. I'll, I'll get. I'll be able to give you a better feel on his game as the season goes. Um, but I think. I think he's bought in. He's a, he's exactly what Fisdale is trying to bring to the team. Um, as far as athleticism, being able to get up and down the court, uh, defense, uh, and making plays on offense, making the right plays. I like him. I think he's a good fit long-term for what they're trying to do. Um, and he's going to fill a void there with K- with Porzingis still not ready um, or KP not back. Um, you know, they're going to need to do that. They're going to need to take care of that and wrap that up. Um I like, yeah, I got a good feeling for this. I got a good feel for um, what's going on there. Now, the Knicks over under this year is 29 and a half wins. Question I have for you, are they going to win more than 30 games this year? I am going to say more than 30? 3-0. I'm going to say no. Really? I'm I'm, going to say no. Why? I could... I could see them winning. I think it all. I think it, I could see them winning maybe twenty eight, twenty nine. I, I don't think they're gonna miss it by much. Um, but the way I look at it, like this: Are they better than the Brooklyn Nets last year? You know, because Brooklyn won what twenty eight, twenty seven games last year, twenty nine games, something like that. So everyone's expecting this big. Everyone, well, not everyone's expecting it, but I'll. Just to touch on Brooklyn real quick, I'm expecting them to win at least four or five more games this year um, to at least get over 30. So, Yeah, you're right. The Nets won 28 games last year. Yeah, they won 28 games. So, like, do I see the Knicks doing much better than that this year? No. <laughs> Especially not with, K- with KP not in the lineup. Um, I forgot. He's out to win. He's out till they say he's ready to come back. <laughs> oh, that's never see that see that's not a good thing because that's exactly those injuries are just the worst because those can linger on till about December it's January. It's a huge unknown with with that. Um, and I think they're doing it the right way. They're saying, "Hey, we're not rushing you back. Not this year." You know, I did see a report um, yesterday where he said his knee is beginning to feel normal again. That sounds good, I think. <laughs> um, that's not exactly something that I want to hear. You say, you telling me it's starting to feel normal again? Um, so <laughs> all this time it wasn't feeling normal? So, so, you know, I'm like, all right, we're not bringing you back anytime soon. And I think if it gets around the All-Star break, if they are clearly headed in the direction of the lottery, then... You don't bring him back this year. Hmm. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring him back at all. You, you're getting ready to. The Knicks are are right there as far as turning that corner back to being a team free agents actually want to come to, um, and they're in a position financially to make a big make some make a couple of big moves in the summer. A lot of that is about 
having the opportunity to play with KP. I wouldn't jeopardize that. You know, I would say, look, we're going to be bad this year. Right now, we're bad. If it's January and he's and we're looking up at the standings and we're looking way, way up at the standings, yeah, we're not we're not making the playoffs this year. I'm not bringing him back. I'm like, look, no, no, just we'll keep keep getting strong, keep rehabbing. We'll see you next season. Here's the thing. They have a new coach this year in David Fisdale. And I believe with that acquisition, they're going to want to win some games. Like, David right. Fisdale is not there to lose. Understanding that the lottery is there. Right. But I feel as if... All right, I'll say this. I feel that if Porzingis comes back, let's say he comes back in January, right? Uh-huh. and they start winning, like, a decent amount of games. Let's say they go, like, I don't know, they win, like, 8 out of 11 games. Okay. I just don't see them, and 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 this is me saying all this while they're, like, the 10th, 11th seed in the East. Uh-huh. I don't see them, like, right after All-Star break saying, all right, let's just tank. I see them trying to fight some more, because the thing is, Fisdale's going to have to look for some chemistry, see, you know, which guys he has that can play crunch time. Right. You know, he needs to see what can Kevin Knox do in different situations. Uh-huh. Um, there's another rookie on the Knicks. I forgot his name. Goodness. Um, well, I'll get back to him later. But, yeah, like he needs to see, you know, who can he go to war with. And I feel like right. they're going to take a while to yeah, want to get in that mode of let's tank. Yeah, this is a feeling out year for the Knicks. I, and I feel you like know. when we get to like late March, sorry to cut you off, I feel like yeah. when we get to late March, that's when they'll they'll be like, all right, let's shut it down. Let's, you know, let's not, you know, push this any further. But I feel like with David Fisdale, they're going to want to win the majority of the season. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't think they're going to come out. I don't think they're going to stink. I, I don't. And I've seen a couple of people come out and say that. I don't. I actually think they're going to be entertaining to watch um, because I think they're he's going to get the most out of these players. The question is, you know, you don't well. The problem is you don't know which players are are, are going to be there on a day to day basis this year because I think he's going to he's going to tinker with that lineup a lot this year. There isn't going to be one consistent lineup with this team. Um, there's a lot of question marks with them. Um, Courtney Lee is a question mark. Um, the Knicks are trying to be young and athletic and make a move for the future. I don't see where Courtney Lee fits in that. Um, <laughs> uh, Tim Hardaway is inconsistent, but that salary that he's making right now, you're kind of stuck with him right now. Um, So you're hoping that you get Hardaway consistently on, you know, to give them, give them something this year, to give them something good. Um, And then anything after that, you know, Cantor is going to give you his, his minutes and that's solid. He's, he's steady. Um, But after that, you just don't know what you have. You're, you're developing, you're still developing Nilakina. You 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 gotta find out what's there with him. He's gotta play. Uh, you 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 got Knox there, so you gotta make sure you're working him him in. You know that's your building block for the future. There's a lot of moving parts to this that won't that is what this year is for to figure out who's staying for the long run, who's not staying for the long run. Um, and when you're in that kind of mindset, it's hard for me to say that. Or to justify saying, "Hey, they're going to win more than thirty games this year." I, I, I just, it's not going to be from lack of effort <laughs> that they don't. 
I feel like they are going to win over 30 games. I'd probably say 31, 32 games just because mm-hmm. they have David Fisdale. And I just don't think David Fisdale is just going to have them out there looking to lose right. like right after All-Star break. I feel like right. they're going to want to be competitive. They're going to want to win some games. I, I, I think the, the, the test for them will be like for any other team that's on to come up, how they react when they hit that five-game losing streak or that, you know, or how do they respond to that? And that's where I think David Fisdale is going to be a great asset because he's going to get them in that mind state of, hey, look, we lost five games, but so what? Let's keep it moving and let's try to battle and win some games because I I just don't see David Fisdale having the loser mentality. I don't want to say loser mentality, but Uh I just don't see David Fisdale just saying, all right, whatever. Let's just oh, no, no. It, take it, or whatever. Gonna, I just feel like gonna be, he's he's gonna, gonna motivate these guys. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be his way or the or, or the expressway. You, you yeah. know, he's here for the long haul, um, and I, I like that they're setting that that foundation early with the Knicks. There's a lot of good here to like about the Knicks. I oh, expect yeah. them. To, I expect them to be not good this year, but I expect them to play hard, and then get themselves in a position where hey, they're gonna make. Come summertime, you know, it's time to recruit. <laughs> we got to get some guys. And then next season, you can bring KP back. You got to figure either Nilakina or, or or Knox. That's going to be your other, pe- your other pieces. Hardaway, hopefully, we see what we need to see out of him. That's something that you that, – there's something there worth looking forward to. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. Just so you know, FYI. The Nets are projected, their over-under is 32 and a half. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And I do like this <laughs> Nets team, too. You might be right. The Nets might actually win some more games. I could I could see them winning 32. And, I, you know, you know, I, I've, I've, I covered a fair – this is my third year actually covering the Nets. Um, and I, as well as doing a little Knicks stuff, too, for Sports Day. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely more aligned in with the Nets lately. Um, and that's why I do see – them winning more than 28 games this year. I, I could see the jump. Um, what they're doing over there, man, is it, I don't even think it gets talked about enough. And, oh, and, no. You know, <laughs> you know, just as far as you want to talk about how to build a culture, a winning culture from the ground up, I've had a chance to see it over the last three years. Like, you know, and this team has gone from miserable, just horrible to watch, you know, miserable to cover, <laughs> you know, to, okay, you're starting to see some some light at the end of the tunnel now. And the moves that their general manager has made, Sean Marks, just to get them in a position to be big-time players in the free agency race next summer, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking to see who actually is interested to come join this team now because they're not the same team they were two, three years ago. You know, they play hard under Kenny Atkinson. Um, they've all bought in, you know, and there, there's there's money there. <laughs> this team can afford now to bring in two free agent max, max, max contract free agents, whereas the Knicks on the other side of the river, are, you know, their their money is, t- is decent right now, but they can bring in one guy. The Nets can technically bring in two. Um, and the Nets have their own draft picks, finally. And they finally have their own draft pick. We're, we actually could see an NBA lottery next year where the Knicks and the Nets are both drafting 
top 10, top 15 pick. <laughs> or maybe even top five or top three. Maybe, maybe, maybe the ping pong <laughs> will give us some hope. <laughs> the top five, you know, there are things to look forward to that with, with these two teams that, you know, I say, I, I tell everybody this who asks me what's the best part about covering these teams because, you know, you, you, I've had the with the with the exception of the Yankees, who who seem to always win. <laughs> you, you know, other teams is it's it's not always easy covering these teams because they've been struggling so much the last few years. And I say the best part about covering these two particular teams is that you're catching them at the ground up. You know, so you 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 get to see the transformation to go from really really bad and embarrassing to a team with potential to a team now with a future, to a team that eventually is going to be very, very good. Mm. That's the fun part. Well, can't wait to see what they do this year. It'll be it it'll be it'll be interesting. It won't be great. I'm not saying they're gonna be, you know, over the top winners and whatnot. There's gonna be some hard times, but um I think a lot better than what it was. And that's all fans can hope for. You don't want to go backwards. Either team, you don't want to. You want to, You don't want to take steps back backwards. Oh yeah. And I think they've both, especially the Knicks this year with their moves. I think they have strategically kept that in mind. Like, look, we are not going to repeat the same mistakes that we've been making for the last ten, fifteen years. And I think that's great. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to run an ad because you know, run yeah, an ad. We have yeah. to pay bills. <laughs> pay the bills. We'll be, we'll be back. Looking for that beat to put on your mixtape. Looking for that intro song to put on your podcast? Or just looking for beats to DJ at your next party? Well, look no further. Go to hitspotju.com for beats that fulfill your audio needs. Hitspotju.com. They got that fire. Hi, welcome back to the B-Nicks Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Nix. Now, let's get into the two New York football teams. Well, I should say New York City football teams. But they play in New Jersey, though. And and the Buffalo Bills play in the state of New York. It's weird, yeah. Just go with it. Just go with yeah. it. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. With it. But yeah, the, the two main football teams in, in the city. Let's go talk about the Jets and Giants. Uh, let's start off with the Jets. Yeah. They started off pretty good. First game, they went into Detroit, did their thing. Sam Donald, getting a lot of praise. Mm-hmm. And then they go... Up against the Dolphins, and everything has fell apart ever since. They lost <laughs> the to the wheels, Browns. The wheels have fallen off. Yeah, they lost to the Browns on that Thursday night game. Baker Mayfield, he just uh, did wonderful. Just a, a, a wonderful debut. And then they play against the Jacksonville Jaguars last week, and that didn't work well neither. So now they have to play Denver this Sunday. They're 1-3. And, and the question I wanted to ask you is, Let's say they go four and twelve. Does Todd mm-hmm. Bowles still keep his job? Right off the top of my head, no. Oof. And that's hard. That's hard for me to say because I like Todd Bowles. Um, but I'm getting tired of defending Todd Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and my last couple of columns that I've written on, I've written for Sports Day is kind of that's kind of coming out in my columns. <laughs> It's gone from I'm defending him to I'm praising him. I'm glad he's here to, you know, I'm getting getting we're getting a little tired of hearing the same thing, Todd. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, um, this this team is 
it's a dangerous spot for Todd Bowles right now. He's, I think they got to win Sunday. They have to win this game Sunday um, against Denver. And that's not, that's not going to be easy. Um, but this is a situation that, you know what, they have created. You know, this, this is no one, there's no one else to point the blame to but the head coach in this particular case because they have not fixed the same problems that continue to plague them. You know, whether it be penalties, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. And it's bad enough you, you, you committed them, but it's the, the timing that you commit these penalties. They're, they're, they're drive killers. <laughs> like they're just straight momentum killers. Every time this team gets on, the, on a roll offensively, flag, flag on a play, whether it be a, a hold here or unnecessary roughness here. What are you doing? You know, and that's, that comes back to discipline. and. That's the head coach's job. And that's supposed to be his strong point. That's supposed to be his strength, holding everybody accountable. Um, no nonsense. You know, yeah, it's okay to smile. And when he smiles, he's a great smile. <laughs> when, he's, when he's in a good mood, he's great. But the other end of that, you know, this team is still lacking in that part. So he has to figure out a way to, to get through to his players and say, look, this crap, where we're committing unnecessary penalties every time and we're killing ourselves, shooting ourselves in the foot with these plays. Basically, you're gift-wrapping these games to other opponents. If he does not get get his team in line with what to do, yes, it is going to cost him his job at the end of the year. Man, you know, it's tough to say that because I really like him as a coach. And it's such a shame that he's hasn't been able to take this team to the playoffs. I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, it's a if tough it's one. Four, if it's 4-12, and 12, then you're looking at it from, are we, it's like, and I'll go back to what we were talking about with the Knicks and the Nets. The, the, not even the Knicks so, so much because Fisdale is his first year. But and with the Nets, Atkinson's going into his third year as their head coach. You want to know, you know the team is bad. They're not great. They're not ready to be a, a quote-unquote championship contender, but they're moving in the right direction. How do, you, how do you base that? You want to know, is the team moving forward in every category? Are they improving year-to-year year on every cat- category? Is there progression or is there regression or are they, are they going backwards? The Jets, are, that's where Bowles is going to be evaluated on at the end of the year. You know, and if you're saying, well, and we're four and twelve, you know, I'm not. I wasn't expecting us to be world beaters this year, but four and twelve, that looks like a lot, a lot like what we were last year. That looks a lot like that looks worse than what we were last year. You know, so that tells me we're going backwards. And you have your quarterback of the future in place. You know, you're building something there, young. Do you afford to bring him back? And then risk going, what, 4-12 and 12 again? You know, because then you set yourself back even more. You know, so there could be an opportunity there where they look at it and they say, you know what, we're going to let you go. We're going to bring in somebody new, new face, new voice, new culture, because the things that we need to improve on, we're not improving on. That's mm-hmm. your fault. <laughs> <laughs> now, where does Sam Donald need to improve? Because he looks like the second coming of Joe Namath after that first game. And then the last three games have just been very, uh, yeah. And I think it's okay for, for that. I think it's good 
for because it, it balances it out. He was so good in week one after he threw that for that interception to start the game. He was so good after that. He set the bar really, really high for himself. And he kind of raised everyone's expectations. And I think now you're seeing these last three games, he's balanced. He's kind of evened out again. He's the rookie making rookie mistakes. And that's okay because that's what you were expecting. You know, he's, he hasn't been awful, but he's had two or three, four plays where you look at him and you just want to just, you know, throw up whatever lunch you had. Like, <laughs> you know, like, dude, why did you make that pass? What were you thinking? You know, but that's expected two or three, four times out of the game. I don't think he was really bad against Jacksonville. I think the everyone around him did not give him any help. Um, and when you put a rookie like him in that position, he's going to he's gonna start forcing it, and he's going to make a lot of mistakes, which is what you did see on Sunday. So I, would, I, I love his ability. His pros outweigh the cons. You know, I love his awareness in the pocket. He can get out of there. He can scramble. He can throw on the move. Um, I love his calm, his demeanor, his poise. Doesn't get rattled. That's great. His arm is there. It would be nice to see the Jets actually throw the deep pass <laughs> every now and then, you know, so people can see that this kid does have an arm, but they haven't turned him loose yet. Who are they going to throw the ball to? They Well, here's another thing, and that falls back on the coaches again. Um, and I'll, I'll put it on board. Well, when I say who, who are they going to throw the ball, meaning those deep passes, like who's that deep threat on their team? They have a deep threat in Robbie Anderson. They have a playmaker there. They haven't gotten him the ball enough. Now, part of that reason is actually pretty good because Quincy Anunwa is back this year, and he's been he's Darnold's guy. Um, but he's and he's great. I got nothing bad to say about Anunwa. I'm glad he's back. Uh, came back off the neck injury last year, um, and he's been balling. He's been out great. I'm not going to say he's a possession receiver, but he's someone who can move the chains. When he gets the ball, he's like a big, big, strong dude, hard to bring down. And Donald, he's kind of become Donald's safety blanket. That's taken away some of the passes that probably should be going to Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson last year, any big deep play the Jets had went to Robbie Anderson. He's got the ability to go deep. He's got the ability to beat his defender deep. The Jets just have to open the playbook up a little bit more and, and create those opportunities for Donald to get it to him. Um, but so if you can have that balance where you got a nun moving the chains for you and coming up with the big plays and then on getting converting the first downs and then you go over the top with Robbie Anderson, you got something there. But they haven't gone to that yet. Why? I don't know. That's interesting. We'll see how this plays out. I really hope Todd Bowles keeps his job, but I don't know, man. If they go below five wins, ugh, that's, that's, that's yeah, going to be a hard If you one. go below five wins, you, it's a hard – Fans are going to have a hard time accepting him coming back. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I just think whatever happens, he just needs to stay. It's just the schedule is tough. Yeah. And they got yeah, a good quarterback. Think, yeah, I don't think they're a playoff team this year. I, 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 but I think fans want to see them make a run at 8-8. Eight and eight. If you come out of that 8-8 eight and eight or even, what, 7-9 uh, and nine or something like that or whatever, okay. Because they were projected okay. at six wins. So for me, if they get six or more, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get then you then you're okay. That tells me okay, we're we're where we need to be in this rebuild. But if you go backwards, if you go under six wins, and then you look at the reasons why you might have gone under, whether it be 
the penalties never got fixed, never got corrected. We never figured out how to get the running game going, which is another thing that's killing Darnold. They don't run the football enough. If you don't fix those things, then they, you can't justify bringing him back. Yeah. All right, let's shift our attention to another NY football team, the New York Giants. Sadly, they're 1-3. They can't block. Their defense is suspect. Odell Beckham Jr. has looked so average. And the guy who's been there for 15 years under center, Eli Manning, has just been ugh. Is it time for Eli to hang it up, sir? You know how I feel about Eli. That's my guy. Um, I like him, but he's just been a little too inconsistent for my life. I think I think right now we're one quarter into the season. It's the same old Giants. That's a problem. I'm not ready to put everything on Eli. No, I'm not ready to put everything but, on Eli neither, but here's my thing. At some point, you need to be able to overcome adversity. You know, you mm-hmm. watch Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and other great quarterbacks. They've been able to overcome all these issues because they were smart. They have the arm. They knew how to move in the pocket. You know, they right. just they just know that, okay, my offensive line's a little shaky, so I'm just going to have to get the ball out a little quicker. I got to move a little bit. I got to get outside the pocket. With Eli, it's like, my God, it's just like the same things over and over. He's too late to throw the ball. He can't move. It's just he's, his reaction time is too slow. It's like, what are you doing, my man? And it gets right, it, right. It, it becomes frustrating, and it's – and it's like, when are we, not only as Giants fans, but when are we as New York sports fans just going to sit there and just be honest about Eli? Like, I understand that he has the two Super Bowls. He's brought a lot of equity here with the fans here. But at some point, we need to really be honest about him. I think, I think that window of debate is closing because Eli's toward the end of his career. So it's, it's kind of like what you see is what you get. Um you you know just it goes to that old line you know at at this point you got to follow under you are what you are and, and and whatever we've seen from Eli over the last decade or so that's he's not changing like and he's older now on top of that so he's really not changing i think what's happened to Eli over the last couple of seasons especially is he's gotten gun shy with the arm you know and that and that is a result of how bad that offensive line has been um, and there were a couple of plays this past Sunday against the Saints, for example, where there's no reason why Eli shouldn't have got that ball downfield to Beckham. Yeah. No no reason. And he has gotten so used to just going, checking it to, to, in the flat, checking it to the Check down. Back. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That just drives he, me crazy. Like, yeah, can you throw he, the ball more than, more than 30 yards? Yeah, he's checking down on plays where he shouldn't. He, there's no reason for you to be checking down. You know, and I get it. You got Saquon Barkley there, and look, we all know what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands. And but that's that doesn't explain why you checking down so much, and you got the best wide receiver in the game, arguably one of the top, definitely top five, getting open downfield, and you're not getting him the football. You know, and the only time you do get him the football is when he's coming on a slant. He's coming across, he's coming on a slant, or you're doing some kind of trick play, or you're running some kind of reverse, just so you can say, hey, we put the ball in his hand. That's not enough. You 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 know, and I think it's because he's gotten so used to getting killed back there, <laughs> taking them hits, you know, 
his mind is just get rid of the ball as fast as you can. With this offense, with this offense that the Giants have, and everybody talks about how stacked they are at the skill positions with wide receiver and, and then your tight ends, and, and now you got Barkley in the mix. You have plenty of weapons, but you have to go through your progressions to make it work. Eli doesn't. Eli doesn't keep the football long enough to do that. <laughs> you know, as soon as he sees that right side open up and he sees a pass rusher coming at him, he's checking down. Yeah. Let's just hope he can survive the season. <laughs> Let's just hope. But anyway, well, yeah, they're, 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 they're with him now. You know, they're committed. But the offense, they, the coaching staff has to come up with better ways to, to execute because it's just what, what we've seen the last couple of weeks especially. That's not getting it. And I'm all for putting the football in Barkley's hands, but I want to see him actually run the football more. Like, can we, can we, can we get 20 carries out of him, please? You know, he, he just got him. He's only 21, 22 years old. Can we give him the ball more than 15 times to run the football? <sighs> we'll see what happens. Anyway, thank you so much, Anthony. Appreciate you being here. Uh, anything you want to plug? Anything you got going on soon? Uh, oh, we've hit the plug portion of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, um, I'm, we'll be at the Jet game this Sunday. I'm covering the Jet Bronco game for NY Sports Day. Um, this is my third year covering jet games for sports day. Always fun. Uh, so you can look for my weekly column at nysportsday.com on either the jets or basketball, um, could be the Knicks and Nets. So I might do some Yankee stuff depending on how quick that series goes. Um, and then of course, baseline perspective is back up, it's back running, of course, the host of this show is very much a part of that project as well. I'm happy to have him there. Um, BaselinePerspective.net. Feel free to check that out for more articles, more columns, more stuff uh, that we're doing over there with regards to the NFL, the NBA, and uh, Major League Baseball, college basketball. Definitely, we're looking forward to that this year. So that's what's coming up down the line. Cool, man. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Yankees, Red Sox. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. My and, man, uh, always a pleasure. Yeah, man. And yeah, enjoy Columbus Day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, you already know, but I'm enjoying sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right, brother. That is it for the B Knicks podcast. Thank you to my man, Chad. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks again to Anthony for being a part of the show. Uh, we'll be back soon. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Columbus Day. Take care. Bye.